Welcome back to The Dairy Dive, where today I'm joined by Scott and Jimmy, and we're going to talk about what multi-purpose means. First of all, we hope we can try to educate you so you learn just a little bit, a little bit. My whole life's been dairy farming. Some days you wonder if I ever milk cows. It's kind of just in the blood around here. I don't know what it is, but we like livestock. Buckle up. The Dairy Dive starts now. Well, welcome back to the Dairy Dive. We've missed you. We haven't posted since uh, I think New Year's Day. So, welcome back, uh, Scott, Jimmy. It's good to see you. Hi, Andrew. Hey, Andrew. It's Hello. Good to see you too, man. Appreciate that. Appreciate you saying that, uh, Scott. Welcome back to Illinois. It's good to be back. You, I, I don't know that I've seen you since the last time we recorded a podcast. Yeah. Which I, actually, you weren't even I here for. Here for that. One. Yeah. Me and yeah. Jimmy did that. I think it's been uh, before Christmas when we did the Christmas podcast. Yes, that's right. So, yeah, you know, Jimmy and I did the uh, the New Year's one without you. You, you had uh, influenza. Yeah, I guess your New Year's resolution was to do podcasts without me. Yeah, it seems like what the that comes down. I don't know about you, Andrew, but I never even really know where Scott is. <laughs> I just you know, like, you call him one time. As far as you know. You know like Ecuador or somewhere. <laughs> you're like, oh, that's <laughs> cool. All right. As far as you guys know, it's like, hey, where you at? I could be, I could be like in my house, <laughs> yeah. just in my recliner. Like, oh, I'm in uh, California. Big golf, son. Big golf. All right. <laughs> Well, welcome back to the studio, Scott. We are happy to have you. We are uh, we are going to talk about uh, multi- what multi-purpose means here in a little bit. But I think that uh, when we talk about things being versatile, I think we have a versatile team here. So it it wouldn't be like us to just dive into the topics. We've got a we've got a transition and we've got a finesse in. But when we talk about Master's Choice, we talk about a team of uh, four four guys, three of which are on this podcast. Uh, shout out to John Baker, who's not with us. Four, He's alive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just to be clear. Okay. Pour, yeah. pour, pour <laughs> some out for the main <laughs> yeah. yeah, Just to be clear. <laughs> uh, but I think that for a four a four person team, we we fill a lot of roles. We we are very versatile. We offer the support of a much larger Organization. In fairness, we get a lot of support and help from from the Rob Seco team. But I just uh, I don't know. Thought maybe you could riff on on our team for a second. Yeah, I mean, I think that when you know the fun thing about this job, and then I'll let Jimmy kind of give his thoughts. But is you get to do a lot of different stuff. I mean, you get to work in a lot of things. Um, I mean, you could have days where you're doing nothing but computer work, which sometimes isn't bad because you can just get a lot of stuff done. And there's some days when you're presenting, there's some days when you're on a farm, there's days when you're riding around with dealers and learning, and, I mean, there's training, I mean, there's just like every day is different. And so that part's really fun. And uh, we were just, I mean, we've really enjoyed uh, the transition of the Rob Siegel family. Um, you know, I had nine years with Master Choice prior and I loved uh, my time there, but it's uh, it's just different. I won't say you know better is not necessarily where I'm looking for. It's just different, but it's great, and we enjoy it. And probably, if you would ask me, my favorite part of the job is when I get to go on the farm. That's probably my favorite part. Even when you go on the farm via Zoom. Yeah, I did that yesterday. Yeah. It's not quite the same impact. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of nice to not get manure all over my shoes before you know while I'm presenting or talking. But uh, it's kind of nice, you know. It's, not as fun as getting to actually go see the cows and be on the farm. Yeah. Jimmy? Yeah, I mean, a lot of what you said 
you get to do a lot of different stuff in this job from visiting farms, uh, going to new places. Uh, honestly, that's probably one of my favorite parts. You know, you could be looking at corn in the Midwest with a farmer one day and then the next week I could be in Washington state driving through a mountain range to go look at corn. So, yeah. I like, uh, so Scott sent me a text message a few weeks ago, right ahead of Christmas. And he was, uh, it was basically the, the gist of it was, you know, all my friends that when they hear I travel so much for work, think that this is a really glamorous thing. I get to stay in all these hotels. And then he sends me a picture and it's him sitting in a holiday and eating a TV dinner. <laughs> that's, that's absolutely true. Yeah. yeah I mean, th- to be clear, I get some very good meals and Jimmy would probably say the same, but there's times when you don't. Yeah, sure. I've ate a lot of Casey's pizza. <laughs> just because you really want to get there, you know? Yeah. You don't want to stop and eat. Yeah, and it's at the gas station. Yeah. So Two slices roll. of Casey's pizza and Mountain Dew. Good to go. Back on the road. $5.69. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we, we were talking about being versatile. We are talking about, uh, so the, the, the title of this podcast is going to be something along the lines of multi-purpose. Um, so transitioning into the meat of this and what we're actually here to talk about um we have in the past and i mean in the very recent past and the long distant past we have maybe been uh less than friendly to the to the term dual purpose is that fair yeah that's very fair and i don't plan on stopping being less friendly to that term by the way yeah, because the issue with that term that I take is that it kind of gets um, really watered down. It just gets thrown on to hybrids in the industry. Someone, you know, uh, a company will say, well, it's tall. All right, dual purpose. Or it's, we've got no, really what they're saying is we got no other purpose. We got no other use for this. It's, or it's not, not good enough to be our leading row crop grain yielder. Yep. But it's good agronomically. So. Yeah, or I've got, I've, got a, I've got two or three sales guys that just say they have to have some something for silage, so let's throw dual purpose on a few of these things. So that, I mean, that's my issue is it's not the concept that I take issue with. It's the way that that word, those kind of wording of dual purposes utilized in the industry. Yeah. Yeah, I, so do you, or would you agree with, let's just say, that if we were to use the term dual purpose as a silage first nutrition focused company it would mean something different than if a row crop grain company threw out the term dual purpose yeah i think when that's why i kind of like and you know people are probably going to give me a hard time and say that all i've done is change the word but that's why i kind of like multi-purpose better just because one thing we did a uh expert panel back about a year ago now and did an evaluation and, and one of the things that came out of it was that term multi-purpose because the hybrids that you use here are going to give you the ability to use for just straight silage, high moisture corn, shredlage, earlage, um, dry grains to stay on the farm, or if you have to, dry grain to go to the elevator. So it really is more than just dual. So when we when we talk about you know, multi-purpose and, and heaven forbid we use the word, the word dual purpose, but, um, there's been a lot of people who have heard us speak less than friendly about dual purpose. And I want to speak to those people that might be considering in their mind that maybe we're being hypocritical or maybe that we're losing our focus because, uh, for 
you know, good or bad. And it's, you know, a lot of it's on us for the way it's a lot of it's on me for the way we've marketed our product. But uh, we have been so associated with soft starch. We've been so associated with, you know, quote unquote, floury grain that if a hybrid doesn't fit that mold, it can look like to some people that we're losing our focus. So if you will allow me, I want to read our our corporate strategic intent statement. Am I allowed? Uh, I vote yes. Yes, majority. Okay. So this is the Master's Choice strategic intent statement. Uh, that is, it is our corporate. This is what we uh, have decided corporately is our our intent statement. So utilizing dairy and beef focused messaging, we will grow our dis distribution network by providing nutritionally enhanced corn products to sales outlets who desire to offer differentiated products to meet livestock producers' needs. Now that's a mouthful, and it's it's intended to be because it's got to cover some different structures and things. So that's not something we're going to put on our marketing materials. But there's a couple things I want to break down and get your guys' opinion on. So specifically. We're wanting to work with sales outlets who desire to offer differentiated products to meet livestock producers' needs. Can you guys both speak to, um, are we meeting all livestock producers' needs if we only offer soft starch hybrids that all look exactly the same? I would say no. I think you're meeting a certain segment of the farmers for sure. But, uh, you know, there's going to be some large dairies where maybe that's not going to be quite as beneficial. So, you know, we might take a hybrid that has uh, maybe less of the soft starch, but maybe it, you know, rates better for fiber digestibility. Or maybe it just tons up really well, has good plant health, and is going to make good feed. You know, I remember, Andrew, when, when I started with Master's Choice would have been uh, 2011, traits were already introduced or had just been introduced into the Master's Choice lineup only a couple of years. And there were still, there were people that were upset that Master's Choice was introducing traits. And I remember a lot of meetings uh, trying to explain that this is a tool, right? This is a tool for you to look, utilize. If you don't want to use them, don't use them. And so, you know, it's a kind of a little bit of the same thing. We, when we look at the industry as a whole, and when we, you know, did the panel, one of the things that came out is not having a, at least looking and having opportunities to get on some of those acres that have multiple use potential. We're not, we're not honoring the mission statement. We're not bringing the best products forward for everyone that wants to have that focus. Now we're not going to bring products that have a grain focus. That's not, I mean, that's just not what we're going to do. And we're, you know, the mark, I think the hybrid guide will end up looking a little quite a bit different this year. That's uh, one of the things Andrew I know is starting now uh, with, hey, so maybe even some ranking almost like how does this fare in a multi-purpose system? And there's still going to be plenty of hybrids in that book that are going to not work for that system. You know, we, it's going to have a pure silage use. Yeah, so I think that, you know, when, especially when we put this through the lens of this strategic intent statement, um, if you're thinking that we've lost our focus because we haven't, we're not completely narrowed in on the same niche that we were when you maybe became familiar with master's choice. I think I would argue that we've actually become more focused because we're actually meeting the needs of all, of all livestock producers, because like we were saying, like Jimmy did a fantastic job with this. They don't all look the same, you know? So I think that by broadening a little bit of the definition of what a master's choice hybrid looks like, 
we're actually more focused on on our actual mission. Yeah, in my kind of introducing this and, and, and putting a little bit of emphasis here, Jimmy, we also give a little more opportunity to those individuals that maybe grow corn for a farm that they don't really care what the quality is. But if you can provide still a good tonnage product and say, hey, by the way, this is going to help the farm out too, I think that would be a big impact because how often do we deal with that? Yeah, we deal with it a lot and it would be a it'd be a benefit for our dealer network. It's also going to be a benefit for the ultimate end user, which is that dairy or that, that beef feedlot that's going to be feeding that feed because now we have a product that works better for the surrounding farms around them that are going to often grow that crop for them. Oh, that's that's very that's wise. Uh, okay, so we've we've established we haven't lost our focus, right? People are worried if we introduce the so so now that everybody knows that we are firmly master's choice is now and will forever be focused on meeting the needs of livestock producers. Let's look at so if we're going to use the word multi-purpose, that means more than one purpose, right? Did I miss that part? That's that's pretty good English. Okay, yeah, <laughs> more than one purpose, multi-purpose. So. Let's, uh, can we spend a second just saying what the different purposes might be and how we can meet those needs? Yeah, I mean, obviously silage could be one, could be a big one for us, but then we have a lot of customers and always have that are going to take high moisture corn or earlage. And how might those two look different? So how might a, a true quote unquote silage hybrid and one that we would might recommend for, for high moisture corn, what would the, how would those look different? Go ahead, Jimmy. Well, I mean, for they look different in certain ways. Like if you're going high moisture or an earlage, uh, you want better standability later into the season. You know, you're going to be taking high moisture corn or earlage more towards black layer than when compared to silage. So that would be a big difference that comes top of mind to me. Yeah, and I think you see that also. That's 100% right. And then also maybe maybe you have a hybrid that just doesn't maybe completely click the box with fiber. Um, but it, but it's still good. Um, and, and then maybe the starch content is just extremely high, and and maybe they're not as focused on you know on on the high moisture side. You don't have to be quite as picky on your starch availability because it's naturally going to be a little more available because of the moisture level. Now it's still not going to be as good as a true what we would call in the old word flowery right mm -hmm. type, but it's still going to be good. Um, and so. So that would be an example of why we would look at different things like with high moisture. And is there a place in this multi-purpose multiverse? <laughs> I think we just found the title of this episode. Uh, is there a place for something that is just going to be a huge tonner that maybe doesn't even have quite the nutrient? I mean, obviously, we're never going to put anything in our lineup that's just garbage nutritionally. Right. But is there a place for something that's maybe a seven on the nutritional scale instead of a 10 and it just tons like crazy. I would say yes. And it goes back to what we were talking about a minute ago where you have growers that are growing for the dairy farm. Uh, they care about tonnage because that's what they're getting paid off of. And until we can figure out a way for the dairy to pay them off the nutritional characteristics, it's always going to be that way. Yeah. And if you'll notice, um, you know, if you if you'll take a look at the lineup, the new lineup as it comes out, um, you're gonna see a lot more emphasis on that stay green aspect. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we one of the biggest feedbacks we got also during the panel discussion with industry experts was 
the need for a product that will last longer as a silage option. Um, and so, um, you know, that good stay green and, and the, the industry is by far going the other way. So that alone, guys, puts us in a very unique category where we're honoring kind of our strategic intent statement by just introducing even that as a core concept. You mentioned the direction the industry is headed. What what does a the future of an, an a quote unquote industry hybrid look like? I mean, I think it's going to come down to a few things. One is you're going to just see the plant hive get substantially shorter. Um, you know, we do have to be careful with automatically tying height to tonnage. Sometimes you can have a slightly shorter plant and still get very good tonnage, but not. I'm talking much shorter. Uh, the stalk size is going to be much smaller. It's going to have a much higher lignin level in it. Um, and so it's just there, all those things are going to lead to less digestibility um, that might look like it tests better, but actually doesn't feed better. You mentioned uh, the stature. What does uh, what does the industry going to a shorter stature mean for a livestock producer? And how is that going to look drastically different from us? You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Um, I think, uh, well, the one thing when you go to a shorter plant like that, Scott kind of alluded to it, but you're talking about lower forage yield or lower biomass yield. And typically with silage, you, you still want a lot of forage or biomass in the diet. Like high storage is great too, obviously, because that's highly digestible energy, but you still want some good forage in there. You know, the statement that we hear a lot in Jimmy, I mean, but we, Jimmy and I had a dollar for every time we've heard this statement. We, we'd have a lot of money probably is, well, you know, I, I focus on green because that's 50% of my, of my, you know, diet or 50% of my, in the plate mm-hmm. of tonnage. It's, you know, 50% of my tonnage is green, Jimmy. Well, the, the natural question is, well, what's the other 50%? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, so it's the plant. And so, um, you know, there's, there's this concept we kind of, you know, it's kind of getting dismissed and it's kind of weird because really overall, if you wanted to really, if you were going to push one out over the other, it probably should actually be the opposite because what are most, what are, what are most dairies actually getting paid on now, Jimmy, you know, mill ton or components? Right, they're getting paid on components. That's what matters, right? Is that that component aspect for a lot of people? Now you still need milk ton. That's you know you got to have both. You got to have milk volume. But when you talk about the asset and, and components, comes from the fiber side. Well, now I've been educated. I highly doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> Ask me tomorrow if I remember it. Uh, so, so lots of lots of good stuff here. Uh, you know we've. We've talked about multi-purpose, how it lines up with our strategic intent statement, where our focus is. Um, you know, I know you guys have just had some meetings with with uh, the, the research team with Rob Seco, the product evaluation team. Um, what can you give us as kind of a last word on what to expect for where we're going, where we're focused, and and what to expect short and long term? Um, I'll go first, and then I'll let Jimmy give his opinion. But I'm extremely excited about where the line is going. Um, you know, there's going to be some people that have a long time familiarity with Master's Choice that are going to be kind of, I would say, cautiously optimistic because we are losing some hybrids that we've had for a really long time. 
uh, just natural life cycle. And then, of course, with the industry changing from getting rid of single mode traits um, and there being no way to convert those to a bigger trade for different reasons. And so, um, but yet I'm really excited about where we're going. We're introducing a couple of late season ones, 115 day and 117 day. We haven't had a new 115 to 117 and I can't tell you how long. Um, I'm really excited about those. And then still bringing out a new 101 day conventional that I'm extremely excited about. I mean, just all across the board, I think the product evaluation team with Rob Seco for not having necessarily been silage focused in their history did a really good job. You know, the hybrids last year that we introduced, Jimmy, we saw some tremendous results out of. Um, we'd love to get that data to you if you're interested. But um, just I, I'm just overall excited about some new blood that's coming into the lineup. Yeah, I'm super excited as well. I, I like what the product team's doing to select new hybrids. Uh, there seems like they're stressing plant health, which is super important. I mean, that right there can improve your forage quality and your fiber digestibility by just having healthy plants out there. Uh, they're looking at yields. And also, on top of that, they are still, we're still trying to select products that have good starch digestibility too. That uh, new 115 day I'm really excited about. I can't remember the number of it, but it looks like it's got really high potential for good starch digestibility. So yeah, a lot of things to be excited about. Well, if we're excited about it, you should be too, dang it. Yeah. Yes, sir. So uh, if you have questions, like Scott mentioned, if you want to see some data, if you want to see, uh, if you want to know some specifics on uh, anything in our lineup or, or what's coming in, uh, be sure to be sure to hit us up. You can you can find our contact information on our form on our website seedcorn.com. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited about what 2023 has to bring. I'm excited. I actually got to see Scott Harris in person. I may not see him again till June. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you right now that uh, either January and February looking rough. <laughs> They're looking rough. Well, when you have to have a spreadsheet to keep track of all the flights you're taking, you know. It's <laughs> Yeah, I've turned into a real nerd all of a sudden. I literally have a spreadsheet to me with all the flights on it. Andrew was telling me that. Doesn't he literally me. sent me a picture of his computer, and he's like, when you have so many flights, you need a spreadsheet to keep them straight. Or and it was, like, color-coded and, and, like, organized, like, by, by like, a... By what like airline he was airline flying and, and he was flying in and out. He's gonna be first class status here before long. Jimmy, I've always been first class status, baby. <laughs> Well, now I'll get the designation to go along yeah. with it. That and the dollar seventy-five will get you a cup of coffee. That's true. Well, podcast listener, thank you so much for your time. I hope you uh, come back and join us again soon. Uh, we try to post every other Wednesday. Uh, we, we took a little longer to get you this one, so we apologize. But uh, come back, listen to uh, to our thoughts and our musings. If, if nothing else, come to be entertained by the banter, right? Yeah. We are entertaining people. At least us. Are you not entertained? (laughs) (laughs) Well, come back and listen to us again. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you next time.